We have before us the opportunity to forge for ourselves and for future generations a new world order. This crusade, this war on terrorism, uh, is going to take a while. He came, he saw, he died. <laughs> we tortured some folks. All right, all right, all right. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Dave versus Goliath. It is episode Ocho, and today is another special one, ladies and gentlemen. We have the great Spike Cohen. That's right, which means a couple things. One, we're entering the big leagues. That's right. That means that there's no libertarian that's too big to come on this show anymore. That's right. Guys, if you don't know who Spike Cohen is, he was the 2020 vice presidential nominee uh, with Joe Jorgensen. Um, He has been nonstop just hitting the media circuit as hard as any libertarian nominee for anything at the national level that I can ever recall, man. This guy is just, um, he's hitting it. He's um, a regular contributor on Kennedy at this point. He is the founder of Muddied Waters Media and the co-host of the Muddied Muddied Waters podcast. Uh, He's just the real deal, man. This is not a stuffed suit. The era of bringing in washed up Republicans and Democrats in stuffed suits is over. We need real people like Spike Cohen. So yesterday I was fortunate enough to be on the System is Down podcast with Dan Smots. If you don't know who Dan Smots is, small world in the Liberty space. Dan did all of the uh, propaganda work for the Joe and Spike campaign. And he did an amazing job. So let's take a quick look at that, shall we? Something has to change. Every day we are witnessing brutality on an unimaginable scale. Every day we are witnessing systemic racism that many of us have been told about but didn't want to believe was real. Every day people are being victimized and we feel powerless. We are filled with anger, fear, rage. But it doesn't have to be this way. The police should make us feel safe, not scared, relieved, not resentful. Now is the time for change, and Joe Jorgensen and I have a plan to bring that change. End qualified immunity. End demilitarization of the police. End civil asset forfeiture. End no-knock raids. End the war on drugs. End institutional racism. Make our justice system a system of actual justice. 
Now, more than ever, is the time to reject and disrupt the status quo. Now is the time to heal. I'm Spike Cohen, and you are the power. Without further ado, here is Spike Cohen. How are you, sir? I'm doing fantastic, Dave. Thanks for having me on, man. It is uh, an honor, man. Really, I do appreciate you taking the time, and I'm a huge fan of yours, and we're going to hang out next week in Delaware. We'll get more to that soon. But uh, yeah, dude, thank you very much for taking the time out today. I appreciate it. Of course, man. I'm happy to do it. So we're going to get right into it, man. We're going to hit you with the hard stuff right off the bat. I got to (laughs) know the issue of the day. Have you or have you not seen the Friends reunion? I have not. No, I saw the clip of uh, Matthew Perry uh, having a hard time speaking or something like that, that everyone was talking about. But I haven't watched the Friends reunion. Uh, I I have somewhat of a busy schedule. I've heard. Um, So I will probably I will probably download it. Um, Is it it's a a series or like just a one shot? I think it's like an interview kind of get together, just one shot deal. But my girl and I are very oh, if excited. It's just the interview, I watched that. Oh, okay, cool. That I watched. Nice. Okay, yeah, no, that I no watched. No spoilers. I thought, you, I thought there was a series <laughs> that they were doing. Oh, okay, no, no, no. Yeah, so yes, I have watched it. Yeah. Cool, okay. Nice, man. I'm pumped up for that. Well, let's get into it, man. Um, listen, like I said, I've been a fan of yours for a while. I like to think of myself as kind of politically savvy. So I was introduced to you uh, with the Vermin Supreme campaign in, a little over a year ago. Yep. Um, and immediately when I was like, okay, these guys are a package deal. Who is this seemingly normal-looking fellow to the, to the side <laughs> of, uh, of Vermin Supreme? And I was like, this guy has to be right. the real deal. This is the brains of the operation, and he is going to be a Vermin Supreme delivery device. So how did that happen, right, right, man? Right. How did you guys become pals? How did that uh, turn into a team? And So we uh, he, I, he was on my show uh, September of 2019, I believe. And I had been following him since at least the 2012 elections, possibly the 08 elections. I, I'm not 100% sure which one it was, but I'd been following him for years. And I was a big fan of what he was doing. And I was in on the joke. I got the purpose of what he was doing. All of his you know, fake promises of what he's going to do and the, the ponies and everything else. How much more or less absurd is that than the fact that we have other politicians who are all dressed up nicely, making a bunch of promises that we know are bullshit. They're not going to do it. So we decide which of the lies comport more with what we think things should be like and then we vote for that even though we know they're not going to do it um and and so he's kind of exposing that lie well hey who doesn't like ponies right (laughs) like if you're if we're going to vote for the lie we like the most who doesn't like the 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 lies i'm going to kill hitler you know i mean the 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 biggest you know most possible extravagant lie free zombie power like who cares right (laughs) and i got it yeah and so when i heard that he was actually making a serious run this time that he was going to uh you know run for the lp's nomination my my first thought was kind of like oh no and then my second thought was yeah actually i can see that he's going to get a bunch of attention the media does not pay attention to us there is no way they won't pay attention if for no other reason than to ridicule us there's no way they won't pay attention to the third largest political party nominating a self-described wizard <laughs> who's going to give everyone ponies but you got to brush your teeth like they'd have to at least give some attention to that yeah. now if he can use that to, you know, we called it boot pilling to, to bring people into libertarianism by getting them, you know, going, what the 
what the hell am I watching? And then you can hit him with a serious message. That might be an effective way to do things. So I brought him on the show to see exactly what he was about. And that's exactly what he was about. Um, and we had a really fun interview. We kind of went back and he said, do you want to do this serious or do you want to do this uh, satirical? Wow, okay. Like, yes. We're, yeah, I'm, I'm, we're going to do, you know, because we got to see a much more um, introspective vermin during the the campaign where he would actually like, you know, take off the the proverbial clown nose mm-hmm. and, and talk seriously. But I said, we're going to actually go back and forth on this because I want to blur that line between <laughs> serious and, and, and satirical. And so we had a really fun thing, uh, fun interview. And then uh, in November, he came down to the South. I live in South Carolina and he came to Florence to the South Carolina Libertarian Convention um, in November of 2019. Uh, that was also when Joe Jorgensen made her debut. Mm-hmm. And uh, we were invited to go there, uh, Muddy Waters Media, me and my co-host, Matt Wright, we were invited to go there and record things and live stream the event and so forth. And we did. And uh, while, and Vermin's team reached out and said, do you want to uh, share an Airbnb with Vermin and Dave Jones, his Southern coordinator? And I'm like, yeah, sure. So we had a really fun weekend that weekend. And then maybe about a week, uh, no, almost two weeks later, Vermin and his team reached out to me and said, how'd you like to be Vermin's VP nominee? And I said, well, I'm technically not a member of the LP. And they said, how'd you like to be a member of the LP? Oh, I didn't know that. Okay. Vermin's VP nominee. No, I've been a libertarian for over a decade now, but I was not a, I was, I I went from neocon to conservative to non-voting anarchist. And I, there was not much of a, of a transition there. I wasn't against the LP. It just wasn't my thing. Um, And I thought that it was much better I wasn't even against the idea that there was an electoral component to how we could set people free, but no, I wasn't a member. So Vermin and, and, and the team said, okay, well, so then join the LP and how'd you like to be Vermin's VP candidate? And so we talked about it. First of all, I talked with my wife, Tasha, about it a lot. Uh, Cause I said, you know, if we're successful, this is going to be, you know, we've, we've been kind of leading this life where, you know, I've got a podcast and people know who I am, but it, it's not, the kind of hyper, you know, attention right. that we're going to get if we actually become the nominee for the party. And my wife was like, okay, well, this is your passion. Go do it. She was very supportive. So, um, so I did do it. And that's what started all this. That's, that's what started the whole, uh, getting me into it. And the idea behind me was that, you know, there were multiple things. First of all, it was a unity ticket. Cause Vermin is a, he calls himself a rainbow anarchist. He's definitely more on the left side on the economic spectrum when it comes to anarchy. I am very much an anarcho-capitalist. And so we were kind of unifying there. He, I was also, so I allowed Vermin to stay Vermin the whole time. He didn't have to take off the clown nose. He could keep doing that. And then I would come in also being you know funny and satirical to an extent. But then I could be the one to turn that message around and actually boot pill them into libertarianism. So that was what the package deal was. Now, we always did it with the idea that if one of us got the nomination and the other one didn't, then whoever did would serve happily and, and, and gratefully. And the other one who didn't would wholeheartedly support the ticket. And that's what that's what happened. That's what happened. And Man, I got to say to Vermin Supreme, if he's out there, I'm very grateful for him kind of handing you off like that. That's really <laughs> cool, man. Um, but I got I got to ask you, when you had to parlay into being, you know, his number two guy to Joe's number two guy, mm-hmm. were you more like, holy shit, how am I going to do that? Or cool, I'm down, I'm just <laughs> down like this for the, you know. 
so the one thing was that I had never, I'd met Joe a handful of times during the campaign trail. I actually didn't do as many conventions as some of the other VB candidates because I focused more on showing how we could spread messages of liberty once I got the nomination. So I did like college campus tours, uh, door knocking events in, in housing projects and, 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 and as well as like middle class suburban communities just to show like this is the kind of stuff that I'm that I'm doing. And, I'm, you know, this is w- what I can do on an even broader scale if I get the nomination, as opposed to meeting with the delegates a, a few dozen at a time. I did some of that. But so I got to meet Joe a few times, but I didn't really deeply know all of her policies. So after we got, you know, hooked together by the by the delegates, I went to her website. I remember going to her issues page and going, all right, let's see what I got myself. Into. <laughs> and I'm reading her issues. And I went, I re- I'm reading through her issues page. And I went, This, I don't uh, disagree with any of this. Like right. uh, this is really the libertarian platform reworded to explain how it benefits people, mm-hmm. as opposed to what our philosophy is. And I'm like, okay, all right, I'm good with this. Yeah. Um, and you know, it, Joe is, as far as I know, not an anarchist. But she never actually said she wanted the government to do anything. She just talked about what she wanted them to either not do or do much less mm-hmm. of. I'm all with that. I, I so where I thought, you know, okay, I'm been paired with a prag here. I let's see what what's going to happen. Let's see, you know, because I because I'm not going to defend things I don't agree with. But how can I spin it to try to, you know, no, right. no, she's about as radical as a prag gets. Yeah. Um. So I was I was pretty happy about that. The bigger thing was the transition from being next to the guy with the boot on his head to being next to a Clemson professor. Yeah. And that's where Nipplegate came. I'm sure. In. This was intentional. A lot of people thought I just kind of flopped through this and 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 didn't really know what I was. This was intentional. I had many different camps after I got uh, nominated. There were many different reactions. There were the, let's say, the Team Supreme people who were hoping that I was going to continue to be like Vermin, even though I really was always the serious one, uh, but that I was going to kind of, you know, put on the proverbial boot and go and be the Vermin now um, and or the, the the representation for Vermin. Uh, I had the Prague people who were hyper criticizing every single thing about me. If I wore a suit and tie, the tie didn't match the the pocket square. And the I mean, it was like whatever I did. <laughs> that sounds about there right. Were, yeah. Not all of them, but a lot of them were like they were mad that I wasn't who they wanted. Mm-hmm. Right. So they were and they didn't necessarily know much about me other than I was Vermin's guy. And so they were just very upset about that. And then there were a lot of people who were like, who the hell is Spike Cohen? <laughs> what Nipplegate did was it showed the vermin people, yes, I'm going to be serious, but you know I'm not selling out. This is who I am. This is who I always will be. And I don't care if it's going to bother people. I told the Prague people, I now set a new standard. At that point, just the fact that I was wearing a shirt made them happy. And they told me that. There would be times I'd go to events and they'd say, I'm so happy you're wearing a shirt. And I'm like, I've taken off my shirt (laughs) once during a podcast. One time I did this, right? And then for the people who, who the hell is he, now they've heard of me. So it accomplished a lot of things. And, you know, there were some people who it, it rubbed the wrong way. But any strategy to do all of those things is going to rub some people the wrong way. Absolutely. So that was really where the transition happened. And from there, I just kind of hit the ground running. You really did, man. And before Liberty Unity was all the rage, like you did it mm-hmm. without preaching it. Like I, I couldn't believe it right. when um, yep. I, I'm a proud member of the Mises Caucus. Mike Heiss has been my boy for 10 years. I'll follow that guy yep. to, to the midst of Babylon. But when you got the nod and the Mises Caucus was like, great, and Fakertarians were like, great, I couldn't believe it. <laughs> I couldn't believe it. I was just like, this, this guy's magical. And if he can do that, 
Um, we're really lucky to have him. If he can communicate to these groups and everybody gives the thumbs up, yeah. uh, I was on board right away, man. And then, yeah, to see you go from Vermin to Joe to Solo to, to like, you're such a gifted communicator and politician and libertarian. So to me, I don't know how you, how anyone can be a great libertarian and politician because Dave Smith said on his podcast once, uh, the one lie that libertarians accept is I can win. And I feel like you never, you never pandered and you never like, you never gave that. And I really appreciated that, man. You're like the first non-stuffed suit, real human being to have this gig in a long time. And it's great. Well, thank you. And I, this is exactly the kind of hard-nosed uh, gotcha journalism that I expect from the mainstream media. No, listen, no, I, I appreciate that. And, and the thing is, I will say this. When I was asked on the campaign trail, you know, do you think you're going to win? I would say I am running to win. I am doing everything that if we were on a level playing field would get us a win or at least get us that as close as possible to a win. I also know what our odds are. And I know that long before we're going to be able to have a serious shot of winning. I mean, could it have happened? Yes. Nothing was legally stopping us from, from being able to win. But is it going to happen in that environment? No. No, it's not going to happen. We, we, we weren't even able to get on the debate stage. We weren't even able to get 5%. Right. In order for us to do that, there has to be a change in the greater culture. And that cr change in that greater culture is going to happen from us affecting that culture by showing them our solutions, by showing them that we do care about what's going on, that we understand better than anyone else what's going on, and that we have the solution, and that the solution is that people do best when they are most free, and the problems we're facing are happening as a direct result of too few people being given too much power. It's not that they're the wrong people, although they are terrible people. It's not that the right people would be able to do it right. It's not that the power needs to be shifted. It's that the idea of giving that much power to that few people is always going to result in this and that the only way to fix it is to put the power back in the hands of the people. And that has always been the goal. That has always been what, the, what we are doing moving forward. And it is how we are eventually going to win. Um, so yeah, no, I, I, I don't uh, intend. In fact, I remember you, uh, I think you're the one that made the graphic of me as Thanos and I'm putting the different caucus jewels in the, in the, that was you, That right? was me. Yes. Yeah, no, I thought it. I thought it was you. And it, and the thing was, I wasn't going in to collect caucuses like Pokemon. I know that. My whole thing was this. No, and I, I know, but but um, that's ended, ended up being what happened. But the purpose of it was that I needed to. I my idea was let's have a message that connects as much with Mises people as it does with radical people, as it does with Prague people, as it does even with audacious people. And for that matter, as much as it does with everyday people who don't even understand our ideas. And if you started talking about self-ownership or the invisible hand mm -hmm. or the free market or any of these what seem like uh, abstract terms, they have no clue what you're talking about and you've already lost them. Yeah. When we present libertarianism as not just a philosophy, but an actual set of solutions based on the fact that we understand what's going on and we want people to be able to do better, then we can win. We can win. It, maybe not this very moment, right. but we can win by bringing people in and by eventually making the cultural changes that are necessary to work their way downstream to the political changes. Right, exactly, man. And that's why it's so beautiful to see you not even take 
you know, a break in between your pres- your vice presidential run <laughs> and just, I mean, it's only been a year since I think Vermin was out of the race, about about a year. So in a year's time, man, yeah, yeah. you're now a regular contributor on Kennedy. So, I mean, obviously, congratulations on that. Every time you're on there, dude, you, you crush it. Uh, the two squares right next to you are always like, what the what the fuck is it? Jesus Christ. <laughs> you know, and it's great to watch, man. We're Again, the movement and the party is lucky to have um, somebody out there who can, you know, drop that liberty shit. Mike Heiss said uh, when I had him on the podcast a few weeks back, he goes, hey, the, we got lots of liberty stars, but the party hasn't put out a star really since he said uh, Larry Sharp and Harry Brown and you, dude. That's that's yeah. that's not a whole lot yeah, in 20 I, I years. Would, I would- and, and possibly Michael Badnerick. Uh, he got kind of a bad rap because, again, he was in a presidential reelection cycle. All anyone wanted to talk about was John Kerry and George Bush, right? right. And now imagine if, and, and Scott Horton has talked about this, imagine if the Libertarian Party had made it clear that they were the only anti-war party. Now, they, they did in terms of their policies, but in terms of the messaging, the messaging was more of a, you know, government is bad because it's too big. Okay, great. That isn't going to necessarily, we agree with that. And also, I mean, we agree that if government just didn't exist, that'd be, there is no Laffer curve. The smaller government is all the way Mm -hmm. to zero, the better it is. But most people in that moment, all they were talking about was the wars, especially the war in Iraq. And if we had presented ourselves, I, I still to this day say that if Howard Dean had gotten the nomination, he would have beaten George Bush because he was the pure anti-war candidate of the Democratic mm-hmm. left. Whereas John Kerry, well, uh, uh, I supported it, but then I was against it. And I, I, now I just think we need to end it right. And, and we didn't focus on that. We actually, the main thrust from the Bad Nera campaign was gun rights. George Bush was actually mm. pretty good yeah. on gun rights, not perfect, right. but actually pretty good on guns. The 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 assault weapons ban expired under Bush. Uh, you know, he actually was was fair as a Republican goes, pretty damn good on gun rights. Um, and I don't know that that was Bad Narek's fault because Bad Narek's actually a pretty good messenger. Um, but it's a shame that we don't know that we didn't know more about him and his run. But yeah, I would say in terms of the the breakthrough stars, yeah, Larry Sharp, Harry Brown, those are pretty much the the, the two big ones from the actual party itself. Yeah, man. Let's add you to the list, uh, really. All the buzz is about Clubhouse last night. I heard that you had a yeah. big powwow. You, um, Justin Mosh, Dave Smith, anybody who's anybody yeah, was yeah. on Clubhouse last night hanging out. So did you guys uh, solve all the world's problems? How was it? I think the world's problems have already been solved. We were just talking about how how we're going to get there. Um, so th- it was actually it was uh, an event welcoming J- uh, Dave Smith to Clubhouse. Cool. And Justin Amash was on there as well because he's one of the main like admins or moderators of that of that. I'm still learning Clubhouse. I think it's of the club or the room or what. Anyway, whatever uh, of that thing that we were in. Um, I, I actually just came on towards the end, maybe the the second, uh, the, the 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 final third or final quarter of it. Um, I was finishing my show. Uh, I grabbed something to eat. People were telling me that Dave was still on, and I'm like, okay, well, I'll go on and welcome him. <laughs> I and love then it. People started asking me questions as well. So all the questions to Dave and Justin became. Well, Dave, Justin, and Spike, if he'd like to answer as well. And I'm like, okay. So it actually became a really cool little, like you said, it was like a powwow. Yeah. Um, and what I liked is even in our 
mild disagreements on on the fringes of not even policy, but maybe messaging or the exact way to present something or whatever. Even in that, we were largely in agreement to what we need to do. We need to meet people where they are. We need to present libertarianism as a way to fix the problems people are facing instead of as a moral philosophy. We're not consequential consequentialists or utilitarians, right? So we don't think that way. But most people they want to know what's in it for them. And they've been conditioned to believe that ideas and, and, and solutions come from government. So if we can present that our solution from government is a series of policies that essentially get government out of the way so that they can live better, then eventually not only do they realize we have the best ideas, but eventually they realize, oh, shit, government actually made everything worse, didn't it? And then that's when we can actually you know, gold pill them, boot pill them, red pill them, whatever you want to call it, into libertarianism and, and into the not just the libertarian party or libertarian solutions, but the actual core belief that government isn't good. Government doesn't work. Government is a uniquely terrible way to do everything. Absolutely, man. Um, well, man, you and your lovely wife are going to be magically whisked away to the first state of yeah. Delaware next week, man. Yes. So we're going to hang out. Uh, we got a great event. It's going to be an awesome weekend. Mm. But uh, Friday, we're going to kick it off with Liberty Speaks. Um this is going to be great, man. This is you at the top of the ticket. We have Angela McCardle coming, uh, Maj Touré. Uh, Maj Touré, yeah, uh, yeah. Anthony Samaroff will be there. Michael Heiss will be there. Um, so that's the top of the ticket. And then we have some local mm -hmm. activists. Um, and then the convention, of course, is the next day. We're going to do some dancing, have some wine, eat together. And then I think uh, if you're coming to Liberty Eats, the breakfast uh, thing on Sunday, that's at my restaurant. So on I, Sunday. I'm going to cook some breakfast for you, Spike. Oh, well then yes, I will be I, I am going to be there. That's at like ten on Sunday. Yeah. Yeah, I will be there. Are you I'll uh, be there for the whole I'm coming for the whole kit and caboodle. The whole experience. Will, I'm, for, I'm even there for Liberty Runs. You all get to watch a, a middle aged Jew with MS run for five. Are you gonna do it? You're gonna do the five guys? I will not be. I'm definitely not going to run it. I, I might walk A brisk it, jog? I yeah. can walk it. Okay, awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll do a brisk <laughs> jog. Yeah, I can briskly jog for <laughs> yeah. at least a mile or sure. two. Yeah. That was about um, my cap, too. I, yeah. I, uh, like a nice power walk mm -hmm. with the arms pumping. Yeah. No, I, uh, I, I I will take part in as much of the 5K as I can, and uh, and I'll be do, doing Liberty Speaks, uh, which is at the Pizza Dilly Winery, winery right. in uh, in Felton. Yes. Uh, and then uh, and then the following day is the convention, also at Pizza Dilly. And then the the breakfast is is where is is that? That's at my it's, it's at my restaurant. It's called Wheelie's Farm Stand Cafe. It's in a we carved a restaurant out of an old farm stand. So we're gonna I'm gonna make you some, oh, nice. I'm gonna make you some waffles and bacon if you'll have it. This episode is also brought to you by the Libertarian Party Waffle House Caucus. The fastest growing waffle related caucus in the multi in the muddied verse in, in the entire muddied verse. If you want to become a member of the Waffle House Caucus, go to muddywatersmedia.com slash store and pick up a Wa Libertarian Party Waffle House Caucus button. If you want to become a voting member, all you have to do is pick up a t-shirt. I am excited about it, man. I am excited to do it. And uh, I look forward to uh, seeing everyone in uh, Felton, which is just outside of Dover. And, you know, people keep, oh, you know, all these exotic places and now Delaware. Every time I've gone to Delaware, I've had a really, really good time. So I am excited to go to Delaware. We know how to party, man. And you know what? I tell my libertarian brethren here, it's a teeny tiny state. It's only got three counties. If, you know, smaller, oh. easy to manage, decentralized, we could do it here. We got yep. some good opportunities. So, yeah, yep. look out, man. But anyway, dude, I, I have kept I'm you for uh, for enough of your time. So please tell people where they can find you, where they should look out for your stuff, and uh, yeah, everything everything on that tip. 
So if you, uh, uh, my shows are all on Muddied Waters Media, and that's on all social media, that's on all podcasting platforms. Uh, anywhere you watch or listen to stuff, you can find Muddied Waters Media or on our website, muddywatersmedia.com. Uh, me personally, you can find me on Facebook, on Twitter, on Instagram, on YouTube, on Clubhouse now. Uh, I'm on TikTok, but I don't do much on TikTok because I don't understand the kids and their and their TikTok. Uh, but I'm, I'm, I'm going to try to get on there more. Um, you can find me as Spike Cohen. Uh, and uh, this summer, later this summer, everything is going to be changing. We're going to spread the message of liberty far and wide. And I appreciate this. And, uh, and I... I will have plenty of other speeches. This is a rare moment of me not having much to say, so I will yield the rest of my time to, uh, to my running mate. One year ago today, the Libertarian Party nominated me to run for vice president. It was one of the greatest honors of my life to travel across America to meet everyday people where they were, in person and online, and listen to them. I spoke with people whose lives had been upended by a government who mistreated them, told them they weren't essential, made their lives too expensive to afford for themselves, and sometimes even abused them and put them in cages. I spoke with people who overcame incredible odds, reached for the stars against everything that was thrown at them, and thrived. I listened to their experiences and shared with them how liberty can make their lives freer, happier, and better than ever before. America needs solutions. And since the election, my team and I have continued to travel the country, helping people, pushing for change, and offering them our solutions. In the last year, we've been to 40 states at over 100 events, reached countless people, and spread the message of liberty far and wide. And we're just getting started. very excited to make a, a pretty big announcement later this summer. And if you want to be among the first to find out what that announcement is and what we're going to be doing together, uh, go to spikecohen.com slash first, and you will be among the first to find out. I'm really, really excited Ooh. about that. And I'm excited to see you, Dave. I'm excited to see you in uh, in Delaware uh, next weekend. I hope you have a great, uh, everyone watching this, have a great Memorial Day weekend. Remember, we honor our troops and the fallen, which is what this holiday is about, honoring the fallen by making sure that there are no more fallen, by bringing the troops home and by leaving, having them where they are, their job is to protect us and to defend the American people and the Constitution, not to go and fight for the military industrial complex. So honor the fallen by pushing for them to come home and for the wars to end. Beautifully said, man. Yeah, thank you for that. Absolutely. Ladies and gentlemen, the great Spike Cohen. Well, there you have it, guys. I hope you enjoyed it. Uh, but, uh, yeah, we will see you real soon. I'm going to get Dan back in here. I miss him terribly. Uh, in the meantime, check out teespring.com. Please purchase some nice teas, some fanny packs, some hoodies if you live in a cooler climate. And uh, check me out on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Facebook, Instagram. 
I'll get on that Odyssey soon enough. That decentralized platform is looking pretty, pretty good. Any hooser, guys. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. See you next time. Now that the smoke's gone.